Welcome to Season 5 of the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors Worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. I continue to find so much gratitude for all the warriors willing to share their stories with us. And so whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the multiple autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you're in the right place. As we continue to grow, the HSCT Warrior Community illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Thank you, Sagara, for joining us on the podcast. I'm really excited to get to know more about you and your story, your journey to HSCT. It is definitely been, it feels like a long one, but I guess in hindsight, it actually isn't as long. Sure. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about, well, how you came to find HSCT, but also your diagnosis and what led you to HSCT? Okay. So in 2018, I uh, went into the doctor originally thinking uh, I had maybe been training too hard or doing something along the lines of um, that because I had numbness on my hands and both my feet. And it was actually starting to take over my right side to, you know, no avail. Um, so I went, went in, I believe that originally was thought that there was some sort of thyroid issue. And luckily when they did a thyroid scan for an MRI, they ended up catching um, some edges of my spine. And through that, they were like, we actually need to come back in and do uh, some further scans, not telling me what they believed any diagnosis would come of it. And so that, that was interesting. I went through got all of those and then was brought in to, you know, a doctor who's like, I don't know how to tell you. So we actually have like our clinical person who's going to, they're a therapist and they're going to come talk to you, which actually I think made it like a thousand times worse. Cause I'm like, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's a diagnosis so bad that it needs a third person. Wow. Okay. Great. And, um, you know, I'm in Houston. So what was interesting is when they said, well, you actually have multiple sclerosis. My first thought was the bike ride. And I'm like, is it like a bike related disease? I knew friends who had done like the MS-150. And I'm like, I guess I actually don't know what I've been giving them money for all this year, all these years. So uh, sure, tell me more. And then you just fall into like a complete rabbit hole of just like, everything at once and you realize just like how detrimental it can be so some of my first steps were um to get a doctor who actually knew more about ms and again in houston we're blessed to have um a lot of really great hospitals including um the ms clinic over at baylor so i was able to get into their program and it was thought that it was very interesting at the time that i still had the ability to walk um, because of the severe myelin damage to my spine. Um, and where your lesions were? Yes, and where everything was. So I had brought my disc of images in because they had sent them electronically. And so it was the first time he was like, if you really could just bring the disc, it would be easier for us to see. We're, we're having some trouble seeing um, all the elements we'd like to you know, make sure before we accept you in our program. So I brought over the desk and he's like, oh, so do you know if the patient, is she able to walk actively and everything? I'm like, oh no, I am the patient. And they were like, so you walk? And I'm like, oh, I run too. And he wow. just, just writes in his notebook, you know, to his little secret doctor notes. And he's like, okay, we'll, we'll be calling you. 
Um, and so I got in an appointment like literally the next week, uh, for this doctor that had, you know, probably a wait list for like months. And that was my journey into figuring out that I had MS and I did, uh, not deteriorate, um, quickly, but it definitely progressed to a point where, um, I would have known it wasn't running related pretty quickly. (laughs) I would assume. And so like what we're else talk- were you experiencing then? By by the time I finally got into the clinic and everything along those lines, I was already starting to have foot drop um and just overall, you know, fatigue, tiredness, like running was getting harder and harder and harder, which for me was really difficult because it's um, something I really enjoyed with my friends and stuff like that. So I did start looking into alternatives. And originally I was put on to um, Ocrobus, uh because they did go ahead and on further images and diagnoses put uh, the primary progressive label onto my multiple sclerosis. Wow. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And so then again, a whole nother rabbit hole of not just multiple sclerosis, but then this, this new version of multiple sclerosis that you have to learn everything about. And I believe they had told me at an appointment that within five years, I could expect that I would probably need a wheelchair. And I was like, well, that's absolutely insanity. Yeah. How did that feel? Yeah, I I don't know. I was it was such a it was such a strange moment for me that I think I just took it in the like, oh, that's that's what you think. That is an opinion. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely wrong, but that's an opinion. And I'm thanks for sharing. Like I I couldn't even fathom the thought of it that I was like, Yeah, um, I'm gonna be right on that. And it actually started to get so much harder to walk using um, a cane even sometimes for like longer distances. And I'm like, oh, my God, this could actually be a thing where I'm going to need this, you know, wheelchair. And I've gone from running, you know, half marathons with my friends to you know, I'm going to be cheering them on from the sidelines. We even went as far because I decided I wanted to do um, a lot of my trips and everything that I had planned while I could enjoy them in the way that I wanted to. Sure. Right. And that's actually how we got to HSCT. So. Oh, wow. Any of any of my um, friends that know me will tell you I am a huge nerd and it comes from Titanic and Game of Thrones. And so I had always wanted to go to Belfast uh, where they built Titanic and filmed parts of Game of Thrones. And so my husband's like, absolutely. We're going to make that happen. We're going to walk around. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. You're going to love it. And we're not even going to think about this whole thing. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. So we plan out this trip and we get to Belfast and we're having this amazing time. And I keep seeing ads for this MS Society 10K that is going to be happening this week that we are here to, you know, pretty much do my whole little fantasy bucket list trip. And I'm like, you know, I kind of want to do it. Like, of course, I'm the kind of person who would turn a vacation into a runcation. (laughs) So, of course, um, while I can, why not? And then, you know, it's something exciting and something different. And I'll go ahead and I'll do that. So we went through the Northern Ireland, United Kingdom, what do you call it, chapter of the... MS Society and in my run packet for this run that I was never planning to do there is a magazine and I 
I had not yet received a magazine even from our U.S. or Texas chapters or anything like that. So, so how long is this after your diagnosis? This is, so that trip was in March of 2008, 19. So I was diagnosed in October of 2018. So only a few months. Okay later. So I wasn't into any form of community. I kind of wanted to actually just be left completely as far out of it. I'm like, I I don't know what's happening here. Um, I don't want to ride a bike. I I don't know what like this whole thing is. So it just seemed like, oh, okay, this is um, something that's happening to me, but I'm not going to, you know, cry over it and do all these things that I thought would, would come from if I you know, gave into it. And I became a member of this club. Everything I'd read from the thing, a lot of these, you know, people are in a very bad situation. And, and here I am, you know, talking about like, oh, I can't run the half marathon. So I'll just run the 10K. Like I have no place there. And so it was kind of interesting at um, this run in Belfast that, a, I got to see a bunch of people who had multiple sclerosis um, actively running, working out, talking about all of these treatments and different alternative options that they were going to be doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can understand how that works. And I don't even remember who it was, but she said HSCT out so quickly like it was just a normal word that everybody knew, right? And I was like, oh, oh, I'm not familiar with that. Like, is, is that to do with this awkwardness thing that I am getting, you know, next week or something? I think it was scheduled for. And she's like, oh, no, no, this is a chemo uh, therapy based treatment um, to help halt MS. And I'm like, oh, okay thinking for sure that's something my doctor will probably talk to me like later down the line about not even worried about it. Like she, she's probably on a whole different level of this thing. I'm not even there yet. And so in that magazine, they did go over all of the trials that were happening at Northwestern. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So look, there's going to be this, this project uh, where there are going to be different clinics all through the U.S. For sure, Texas being the largest medical center in the United States, I'm sure our trial will come and then I'll just get in on that one. Um, and so very excited about that. But again, still pushing it to the back of my mind, ready to try, you know, the treatment that my doctor has already submitted and my insurance is already paid for and have my time and date already planned uh, to get this um, infusion for eight hours for the first time and, you know, um, go through the whole steps of the Ocrevus and still just going through running uh, summer months, enjoying, you know, we have an 11 year old at the time and making sure that her summers are as, you know, chock full of fun as possible. So myself always on the, you know, uh, back burner of that. We tend to do that as moms, don't we? We, we do. <laughs> so that, that being the first time I had heard HSCT, I brought it up to my doctor and got kind of an immediate, oh, that's not for you. And I'm like, oh, uh, oh okay, fine. Like you, you, you're not going to benefit from that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's strange. Like, from what I'm reading, it seems like a lot of people do. And so I kept bringing it up, though, as things are getting worse. All of a sudden, I need an e-brace to stop from foot drop on my right side. And as these things, and a cane is becoming like my everyday kind of um, requirement just to get through the day, Harder and harder and harder to even walk, rather less run, right? And, and yeah, you'd taken Ocrevus. Yes, and I've already taken Ocrevus. It's you know, yes, I don't have numbness in my fingers, 
great, but it does not help the fact that the right side of my body, I remember my last half marathon before, you know, my come to God moment that I'm going to have to go my own way on this whole thing. And I was ready to run. I had already registered for it. It was in 2019. And I had to uh, go ahead and walk a run that I was already registered for. And my friend was like, you know what, forget the time. I'm going to walk this half marathon with you and everything. And I was like, so sad and like, so embarrassed. Like I have trained so hard and it's something being taken away from me at the end. Mm. And, you know, I, I tell her now, I'm like, the reason I always pick you as my friend is because you walked and ran with me, even when I couldn't feel you by my side. Mm, That's so amazing. And so, you know, and a chance to get my life back is what I actually was reading HSCT as an option. Sure. Because I thought if I could at least halt the progression, then that gives me enough time to figure out all the rest of this stuff that there's so much information and there's so much to take in. And I want to find out all of this stuff, but I'm running out of time and I'm not absorbing it fast enough. And I'm pretty sure I'm not like anywhere on the right track of knowing what's going to best help me. Uh, So I'll, I'll see if this HSCT thing can halt it so I can figure everything else out as we go forward. That's so great. You at least found that information, right? That HSCT is meant to stop. And I, I really thought like, my doctor would be so excited for me, right? That I've made this decision. I am going to have HSCT in my head. He was going to tell me, okay, fine. If that's what you want to do. And here's the clinic you can go do it at. Right. Right. And instead I kind of got, um, a bit of a hand washing off like, Oh, if you want to go do that. And I'm like, Oh, well, I know that I can't get into the treatments at Northwestern, but I found a place that has a fabulous track record in Mexico. And it's like an all inclusive, really you're, you pay for it. And they've got, they've got really great results that they're publishing out. And I think that this is where I'm going to go. And he completely was like, done, done with you, done with this, done. Wow. He's like, he's like, I cannot support you going to a foreign country for something like this. He's like, people get stem cells done. And then they're right back in my office, upset that they wasted the money. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I waste money on a lot of things. If this is one more of them, okay, then I'll, I'll be upset later. Yeah, at least I tried. At least I tried. And that was, that was the whole thing. I, I was willing to play the, the HSCT will come to Houston game for almost an entire summer. So let's say six months of this. And HSCT was not coming. They couldn't even figure out whose name was going to go first on the building where this clinic was supposedly supposed to be built. Oh my God. And I'm like, I can't wait on these things. No, time is When hell. you don't even know who's going to be first, Baylor or St. Luke's on a building. I'm like, I don't care. Well, and it's not like and, Mexico is very far away. You're literally. And right. exactly. Like I'm in Texas, border. right? <laughs> We we're right there. I can take a Southwest plane. If if Southwest Airlines goes there, it's local all of a sudden. <laughs> right. like, um, and so it it was amazing. I looked up the program. I'm like, okay, I am definitely the brainwashed American who thinks that for sure if it's not happening in the United States, that it, it's dangerous, right? Fine, but. In this situation, I put all of my other notions aside and I'm like, I'll just do it. And whatever happens will have happened. The end. And so I I made that decision 
as I was getting on a plane to Paris to finish off uh, this Disneyland, Disney World castle to chateau, like running dream of mine and had declared that that would be my final half marathon ever. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to submit my information in and Mexico will get back to me when they're ready. I'll set a date and I'll go do it. And then I think it all hit me. Like if I did everything properly and took all the time that I would be right in this position and I would be happy with it. Right. Just halting exactly where I am frozen in time. Am I happy there? And I was like, absolutely. And so I went um, in January and this is months of getting to know like all of my future stem cell siblings and, you know, the camaraderie that happens once you've, you know, kind of just put your foot down and said, this is what I'm doing. Sure. It, it was so, it was so like, you've made the right choice that I could care less that I needed to go to like my, my general doctor just to get scans and everything done in the timeline that they needed to be because my MS specialty doctor wanted nothing. It was like, absolutely not. Mm. And she, she was like, I am willing to help you if this is your decision and you've made this choice. She's like, it's my right as a doctor to help you with your health goals. And this is your health goal. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And she read just about as much about HSCT and we learned about it together. That's wonderful. Um, my general practitioner and I, and she's like, Oh my God, this could be awesome. You know that some people have like, you know, they, they've received help from HSCT too, not just halting it. I'm like, yeah, but look at this other article I just sent you. Let's just, let's just go with halt and then we'll figure the rest out. Sure. Well, that's a realistic expectation, right? <laughs> and that's what I want, right? Like I am very much a realist. Um, and so it, it was interesting. I went with uh, no abandon to whatever would happen would happen and just be ready to accept it as just be ready to accept it, just period. And so by the time I got there in January, I was so mentally, what I thought, prepared that I I probably smiled and laughed through the entire thing. I'm pretty sure everyone thought I was a nutcase because I'm just like, no, I'm here. It's happening. I've, I've already, I've gotten off the plane. I've gotten my suitcases packed. I've brought my husband and I down here. I, I've left my daughter in the care of my mom. Yep. We're good. Like, well, it's so important to go into it with that positivity, right? And that healthy mindset of like, this is what's happening. And I realize that now that that is one of the keys. Like if you go in believing that there is no other option then your success um, with this treatment, you're already set up for it. And I was ready to be set up for it. And I set a schedule for myself every day. If it was a day that I didn't have a lot to do on my little phone and everything and tell me where I need to be, I'm like, okay, I need to set another schedule for myself to make sure that, you know, I don't like, lose this focus. So we'll do yoga every morning and we'll, we'll go shopping in afternoons and just put, put myself in the position to really take this all in and accept that I've done everything to get here and I'm here for a reason. And time flew by mm -hmm. by the time my husband's two weeks of being my caregiver were up and he had to leave to go back to work. And my friend came for just the, we call it the Netflix and hang portion of the sure. trip. Where it's like, Oh yeah, no, we saw a bunch of beautiful churches. Now you're not going to see any of that. Uh, you are going to be trapped in a room with me. And um, yeah, we are going to watch all of the Hulu. <laughs> like, and so 
she came for the quarantine portion. And by the time we were leaving, I'm like, okay, it's been a month. Even, even with the harder days being the least of them, I was like, I cannot believe that time flies when you're maybe not having as much fun as well. Maybe it's time flies, period. Sure. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to just fully be present and kind of yes. accept each day as it comes, right? And that was it. Just take it one day at a time and, you know, wake up knowing that today is another day and another opportunity. And so, you know, we got home in February and I will say, and it sounds horrible. I was so kind of, I was kind of in a weird position because I know myself. I am not the person to sit back and, you know, really relax and take time for myself. So of course the time that I need to be isolated, the entire world shuts down. just so that I couldn't go anywhere even if I had wanted to perfect yeah the coronavirus hit and then I had already ordered pretty much everything to sanitize my entire house for months thinking I'm going to need to live in a bubble but I'm going to need to live in a bubble where I have a child coming to and from the germiest place at school ever right yeah and so I I had more Lysol than I ever needed, more wipes than I ever needed, all of the, just all of the PPE. I'm pretty sure I'm the person who they're talking about who's hoarding everything. <laughs> it was me, That's but in December. Though. <laughs> it, it did. It worked out perfect for me. I, I was giving out masks to my friends like, it's okay. I have 900 of them. <laughs> Come grab a box for your family. And so, you know, I thought that that would be the hardest portion for me because not only would I be more isolated from my friends and my social life, which I am a very, very social individual. Um, But then on top of that, uh, you know, I not know what my outcome was going to be, right? You're in such a holding pattern for, they say, two years and I read so much about like this roller coaster aspect of it where, you know, you're going to be great and you're not going to feel great. And a lot of my plans that I had uh, put in a place of physical therapy and, you know, yoga every other day and all of these things that I had put in place to make sure that I was massively successful, hematology visits even. All of it kind of was like, yeah, you can't come here to the clinic for hematology. You can't. We're shutting down our uh, yoga studios and our PT clinic instead of every day like we had you set up for. Instead, we're going to send a person to your house once a week and you both have to be like a thousand feet away from each other. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Best laid plans going to waste and okay. That's good Um, to be adaptable. It is. And it's probably something that I needed. Um, I am one of those people who only loves going to Disney so much because I can plan the trip down to like the fifth second. (laughs) Um, I know exactly when everything is going to happen. And so this was this is one of those good learning moments that I didn't know I needed. And now I'm happy I experienced it the way I did. Well, and, and in some way, HSCT sets you up for that, right? Because, I mean, it's great. Yeah. Mexico provides you with the phone and the schedule and you know what's happening every day. But to yeah, some and- extent, like you really have to hand control over, right, to the doctors and the nurses. You really do. They know so much more than you'll ever read on. Because I was part of the Facebook group of people who had gone to Mexico and everything. And I tried to gather as much as you can from their experience. And, you know, in my head, I'm going to become this like super blogger. And I'm going to tell people everything about my experience. You get wrapped up in some of these little smaller details. So you have to collect 
different portions of the story from different people and you don't have a full view until you're there, well, the doctors do. They, they're like, oh, your back hurts? No, it's actually bone pain. It's fine. That's why we have a heating pad. And I'm like, oh, that's why I bought this heating pad because I read somewhere along the line that I needed one. And so it was, it was very fascinating to, again, be put in this situation of just give it all up and see how it all works out. And I have been so extremely blessed. So since that time, so that was in January of 2020. And I immediately started feeling better by the end of my treatment um coming home I was not even using my uh cane anymore or my e-brace they were actually packed away in my suitcase and I did not notice it until probably we were ready to get on the plane and I was like oh I hope they don't mess up my e-brace again when I take it off for TSA and then I'm like looking down at my leg like wait a minute I don't I've have it on. not actually put that on in a while where is it and it was just charging like it always does and I was like huh okay interesting and I'm not having foot drop as much anymore okay fabulous and just taking that as like a good sign that you know the last dose of, you know, the rituximum has done well, right? And that's what I attributed it to. And now we are what, September and some at some point of feeling better and getting stronger and really just um, listening to my body and how it wanted to go, I came to the conclusion that, you know what, it wouldn't be so bad if I got out a few days out of the week and started trying to jog, tried to run again and things like that. Just, just, you know, around my neighborhood and around my house, nothing big. And the more and more that I started doing it, I'm like, wow, actually I'm really, I really do feel great. And it was brought to my attention uh, that there was an adaptive program for the Boston marathon. And it, hit me like so hard I was like you know what the one race I've always wanted to do and would never would never ever ever have been able to qualify on my own ability for running even in on my best day with all the training in the world um but they're giving me an option to do that and I I was a little upset with myself. I'm like, well, I did say that my last half marathon ever was right. going to be at Paris, but clearly I've, I've already lied to myself. So I might as well go ahead and do this. Well, you just and, have a new possibility ahead of yeah. you. And so I got the paperwork and I, I, I was like, you know, I, I'm running again. And I asked my doctor, I was like, yeah, would you be willing to sign off on this? And she's like, I think you could do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. You're okay. We're, we're doing this. And it was this past Sunday in September that I officially qualified for the Boston wow. Marathon. That's so and fantastic. We, we only needed a six-hour limit, and we finished in 5.30-something. And I was like... Wow, we like I have never crossed a finish line and cried and I just broke down because it was it was the me saying that I was never gonna do a, another half marathon. It was the me training, it was making my friends during, you know, a national pandemic calling them out and being like, Hi, so I know you don't run anymore, but would you like to train for a marathon with me? Cause we have nothing better to do. And I know you're home <laughs> <laughs> and it was everything. It was every, you know, little pin prick when we were getting shots for progression of blood cells and everything else. I'm like, dude, I did it. And here I am. And 
I'm going to go to Boston and I'm going to wear some giant shirt that says HSCT can run marathons. There you go. That's amazing. <laughs> and so, no, and it's everything in between. It, it really has taken a lot to kind of get past my own mental blocks and like just be so grateful for the opportunity that this has given me because HSPC has actually given me my life back and my life has been so awesome that I didn't realize how much I would have missed it if I couldn't have been living it the way I I choose to sure sure that's powerful so why was it important for you to participate in the podcast so of course when I was originally getting my information and everything together about HSCT you follow all of these blogs that give you all this information in a day-by-day play out and it's fabulous and that's how I gained all of my uh, info before going and I have learned I am a horrible horrible blogger I will go weeks, months, everything without a single update. And then I'll just pop up and be like, yeah, I'm doing great. I don't use an e-brace anymore. And uh, I really got to go. Me and my friends are going to go do blah, blah, blah. Sure. And so it was one of those things that I was like, you know, I still want to make sure I am influencing others to take their health advocacy as their own responsibility. And that's what I learned, I think, the most. My So my daughter had a kidney transplant about four years ago. And going through a battle like that with your child, you are fighting for your child because you know that that child cannot do it for themselves. Sure. She doesn't know what she needs. She needs a kidney transplant. It's your job to get her to the milestones so that she is set up for that kidney transplant and her best life. But why I was not doing that for myself when it was my turn to need care was the strangest thing to me. I'm like, no, I am someone who has cussed out many a doctor on behalf of my child. Right. And here I am allowing somebody to tell me, that no, that's not for you. That's for these other people who are getting better, who are feeling better, who are halting their progression so that when something better comes along for them, they will be ready to accept it into themselves. And I'm failing me. I suck. <laughs> like Such a hypocrite. And so getting on a podcast like this and thank you so much for letting me that it is mostly because I want someone who is completely on the fence and is like, but my doctor said, you know, you, and you have the right to fight your best fight. And this is a tool that you can use in this horrible thing. That's, happened to you and is happening to you and if you have a chance to hear someone say that it works it will help you you won't regret doing it as much as you would regret not even trying thank you for that message yeah you know it's really been a crazy year but it's different for everybody I see how much it's helped people. And I've seen people who it hasn't helped as much. And I want to make sure that everyone knows that like their body being, you know, betraying them. It's not okay. It, it sucks. And this <laughs> and is an option to consider. It is. It is a valid option. It may not be the right one for you. And you will know, you will read the different um, kind of testimonies. You'll hear this podcast. You'll hear, the other podcasts in the series and you'll be able to say, you know, yes, I am someone who like her would like this option because it's one that's given to you, but you do have to take it. It's 
they're making it a little tricky. <laughs> That's the so, truth. I mean, you have to be willing to really advocate for yourself on this one. And that's, I mean, that's so, so key, right? And like you said, you were trying to do the research and even think about getting into Texas. And then suddenly there were all kinds of barriers. And I've heard that about other U.S. clinics. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of interesting at the point where I was looking at it. And it, again, my husband and I have just declared that like, I am only now seeing these things because now I'm actually paying attention for them. Sure. But it seems like at that time, right, you had Selma Blair come out with information about MS. Then now a day doesn't go by where I see an Ocrevus commercial on TV. And I'm like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Like, like all of a sudden we went from, well, nobody really has MS to it's a commercial on TV. And it's that clear to everybody that this is a disease that is hurting people and changing their lives. And, you know, take it back. Like, look at all these different options that kind of aren't being presented as much to you. Um, and that, that was one of the things that got to me as well. If I have the money and I have the will... I should be able to pick um, my treatment option based off of what I'm able to do. And I'm so grateful to God that I, you know, had the ability and the time to make a choice like this. Because I know for so many people, they really do attribute, you know, the money and the time constraint as a reason that they're not doing it. Kind of a, if there's a will, there's a way, hopefully. And I hope people realize that. Yeah, well, and again, that self-advocacy piece, right? And and trying to make time for yourself and really realizing, yeah, month seems like forever. But like you said, yeah. it flew by. It really does. And you know what? There are more people that you will find that want to help you than you would ever imagine because I don't even think I asked for volunteers to go down to Mexico and I immediately had people like so who's going to be your caretaker because I I've got references I took care of my mother when she had cancer she can tell you I'm really good and I'm oh, like wow uh, uh, I'm like oh, okay thanks and I have friends and I'm like Pam you can't come down to Mexico for a few weeks you you have kids you have to take care of like and she's like, oh, oh, yeah, well, I'll take care of your child. And, and I'm like, OK, thanks. <laughs> I got it. it is great and, to, to know how many people truly want to help. Yes. And if you put it out there, you know, I feel like a lot of people, because this is such a long form of a disease, a lot of people don't take the time to look at what their community actually is. And what each person in a small way can do to help you. And they want to help you. They would rather take a few hours out of a day once a week to do something that could help you. Like I had a friend who prepared meals for my mother and Anna while um, I was away. So it's those things that they did. And she's like, I would rather do that every time than just keep seeing your Facebook post and being like, so sorry. Like, so sorry to hear that that's still happening to you. Right. Yeah. People want to help. They do. So what about a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT? Oh, okay. It's probably going to be flexibility. Like I said, I... I'm a very well-scheduled individual. I really do like to know every aspect um, of everything when I'm going into it. And I want to be one of the smartest people in the room, no matter what the situation is. And I realize it's unrealistic now, but you could not have told me anything, uh, 
if I hadn't done the research on my own. And this is giving me a chance to go with the flow and realize that like not everything is going to be as wildly, you know, well scheduled as you'd like it to be. And it's okay. It is okay to not know how you're going to feel tomorrow. It's okay to not, you know, plan out every detail. The flexibility of life in general, right? I had a very set out travel plan list that I don't even know where it is now. <laughs> but my my husband and I always went by. I'm like, I can't go do that that year because I've already scheduled five years of vacations ahead of time. Mentally, this is where I'm going this year and there's no way I could do anything differently. And even upon my diagnosis, I started moving up all these plans like, oh, I am not going to go to Disney World that year. I need to go this year because otherwise there's no way I can do this crazy thing called the Dopey Challenge where you do a 5K and then the next day a 10K, then the next day a half marathon and the next last day is a full marathon. Like if I don't do this now when I have the ability, I can maybe never do it. Mm. And so I allowed myself flexibility and it just intensified mostly through HSCP. Was I flexible with my daughter's schedule more, flexible with my own schedule, and just flexible being happy in the moment, no matter what the moment was. And it's, it's just been really helpful, especially because, you know, still almost coming up on 11 months now. And so still definitely in a portion of my recovery where like you still have another year really uh, before they can determine your viable success and how you did. And I just got my one year MRIs back and, you know, I went with the flexibility of like whatever my MS doctor who was kind enough to keep seeing me as he keeps telling me. Really? Um, he was kind enough, yes, the even though he did tell me you. I was off the ranch when I walked into his office uh, two days after I returned back to Houston from Mexico. He's like, okay, well, since you already did it, you can come back. And he kind of had a different attitude of like, well, I think HSCT is an option. I just didn't think it was a great option for you. But since you already did it, I'm willing to follow you. And my How husband loves interesting. My husband loved it. He's like, really? Uh, okay, great. Yeah, that's some interesting yeah. backpedaling. And he did my one-year MRIs, and this was in September, um, earlier this month. And we've had absolutely zero, like, progression that they can view. And then there has been mild shrinkages some of my brain lesions um by diameter and I kind of had to go to his office purely to see him tell me in person mm. I was willing to put on all the extra PPE that I needed right. just so I could be like are you can I say I told you so or are we just gonna act like we both came up with this like I, I just want to see how this plays out <laughs> and I didn't get my full justification but I I did get to mentally pretend like I I had run a whole scenario in my head that was completely absurd and it was it was funnier than the actual sure. encounter so I, I went with that one instead it's <laughs> okay right it is gratifying it is it really really is that's fantastic so what else are you grateful for about HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken um I really think it it opened up a new channel um, of people I can help. So since I've returned, I've talked to at least four to five people and helped them make their healthcare choice for themselves. And 
only by telling them my experiences and things like that. I did get more into a community, but not the original community I feel like I would have landed in um, without HSCT. Instead of a community of, there was one group I was part of on Facebook where I kind of had to just like stop listening because it really was a, a woe is me group. Um, and instead, when you're part of more of the HSCT community, you have a better set of a warrior, a, okay, this is the status that I've been given. Here is how I am going to start to overcome it. Here are the steps I'm going to take. And what was your experience with that so that I can, you know, make sure I'm giving myself the best choice. I will always choose to be in a community of warriors if given the option, because those are the people who help you grow. And those are the people you learn better lessons from than the, yeah, I, I've got to quit my job because it's just too hard. And I understand that for some people, that's the options that they see and they may have to succumb to some of those, but when people don't listen to like any other option, I've, I've had people tell me that going to Mexico was such a horrible idea and they can't believe that I did that. And I'm like, are, are you serious? As I'm standing here in front of you telling you that I am doing well, you are telling me that had I waited you know, however long I wouldn't be as, as happy as I am now or whatever you consider to be a milestone for success. And so definitely making sure I was in the right community is something that had never occurred to me before. And so HSCT gave me the proper community to be a part of because I do want to be in that advocate warrior community positive mental state yeah and people who very much have the general interests of how they're going to go on with their lives and not give in and that's for so much yeah it's hard to even put a price on it right it is because you don't know that that's even an option until you've already made the selection for HSCT. I just wish it was so much more broadcast because I would love to get it out there that this is an option if you want it to be an option for you. And another reason I am on the podcast to tell people it is an option. That's exactly why we exist, right? And the nonprofit we started out of all of this that we just want to promote awareness that HSCT should be considered an option. Exactly. So you've got a marathon to prepare for. That's amazing. I know. I I think when I crossed the finish line this Sunday, I was like, oh my God, I did it. I I got this qualifying time and I got my goal and I, I, I broke down at the finish line and everything like that. And then when I was sitting at our congratulatory steak dinner, I looked my pacer uh, and my soul sister, Kelly, in the eyes. And I'm like, oh, crud. Now we have to train for a marathon again. Like, oh, no. Like, we've just qualified so that we can keep training for now this Boston Marathon thing. So I'm so excited because, I mean, I have I have three other great soul sisters. And I guarantee you we will not keep, you know, Pam and Kelly and Karen and I together in Boston as we cheer and get cheered on by like our entire family. We're going to have to come up with matching shirts or something. For sure. <laughs> but no, it is, it is very, very exciting. So now we're just going to go through, um, make our qualifying submission along with, they have a doctor's format and everything that my doctor's already sent in on her side. It's just like, yeah, she she can make it. 
I'm sure you have a schedule, right, of training preparation. Yes. So we're we're going to make sure that we're training smart um, to make sure I don't have any injuries. Uh, coming back, like, with HSCT, I wanted to make sure that I was in my best physical state. And I did a lot of really great PT work. And that's one of those things I will continue to keep up, especially as we train, because you're not only just doing marathon training, which is fairly simple in the, and you can look at a thousand different training schedules for however you want to train, how many days do you want to run? How far should you go? All of those things. On top of that, though, we're putting on the stress of a chemo patient with um, pretty much bones and muscles that just started working again. (laughs) Sure. Well, and just endured steroids and the chemo, like you mentioned, although Mexico, they promote that their protocol is not as harsh on the renal system. And they do four doses of chemo versus like the six that I did in Chicago. It's definitely one of the things because in addition to marathon training, I'm starting to look into some of the remyelination stuff. And so that's becoming like my secondary focus. Like, okay, you halted MS. Now what do we do to reverse effects from the MS progression that we did have? It's interesting. I, I go through all of these things and I'm sharing my husband and I'm like, oh, they have these clinical trials here, here, and here. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I don't understand why people would try to go through remyelination unless they'd had HSCT and already halted their progression. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. All I know is that they're going to be here, here, and here. (laughs) Like, I can only tell you what I know. And what I know is that they're doing it for people who, yes, are still an active MS patient or however it needs to be addressed. Right. Um, so yeah, it does seem a bit strange to me, but I, I am in no way a person who can judge anyone because I was told I was crazy by so many people (laughs) and I was just going for a prove, you know, proven HSCT protocol. Right. Right. That could work for me or could not work for me, but I knew that I wasn't a guinea pig. (laughs) Right. Thanks for taking the chance on yourself. Right. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that, you know, you have the show to, you know, share your story and share our stories and let people know that taking a chance on themselves is completely worth it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's really an I honor. I can enjoy my daughter. I can enjoy my dog. I can enjoy my husband. I can enjoy my friends and my life. And I really could not imagine it any other way. Um, beautiful and so yeah absolutely beautiful so taking it from you know someone who's actually been there and done that and come out on the other side better for it like it makes it makes all the difference it really does to hear our um stories it does thank you so much for sharing yours Mm, thank you Be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.com where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources of the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allen Salzer for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, 
be well. John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician. 